Thanks for staying tuned after the news, folks. Uh, This is your host, Stu Jenkins, at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews FM 98.5. And we're talking with uh, presiding Superior Court Judge Van Royen about grand juries. And, Judge, right right before we broke... You were talking about uh, the secrecy of um, uh, of grand jury proceedings and how the jurors could never be asked about anything that went on in the proceedings. How how long does that uh, oath of office that they won't talk about it last? That's a that's a lifelong promise not to uh, divulge what happened in those proceedings. And and uh, from what you were saying uh, part of that was if if somebody uh, if their grand jury found that there wasn't enough evidence to suggest that somebody had committed a crime uh, that was to protect their reputation exactly right but of course you know this is America and things leak out you know, you know if uh, especially if uh, the wit if the, the suspect was called into the grand jury. I mean, they can be called by the grand jury to testify, can't they? They can, yes. And if they feel that they uh, don't want the grand jury to know what they did or said, um, and they feel that that might uh, criminate them as the first uh, justice, presiding justice of the U.S. Supreme Court said to the Senate when he was asked a question, um, they can take the Fifth Amendment. That's exactly right. Yes. So, um, but if the grand, you know, if that happens, then probably KSBY News knows about it. Uh, some some clever reporter at uh, Calcos News or the Tribune knows about it, and uh, and so it, it will have leaked out that there's an investigation going on. Uh, is there any process for a? Uh, defendant or a potential defendant if they're found by the grand jury not to have been subject to criminal prosecution for them to get a statement out of out of the court or out of the grand jury uh, to that effect there's a process for applying to the presiding judge uh, for release of of some of that information or release uh-huh. of that information mm-hmm. right which could protect somebody's reputation Exactly uh, right. Oh, that they would. The news media then would know that. Okay, they're maybe they're not absolved, but maybe they're maybe they're not guilty either. So that you said nineteen grand jurors and eleven alternates. It's a lot of people. If they start meeting, are there other ways that they can subpoena or gather information besides having the district attorney or the attorney general bring them information? Yeah. So, uh, what are the powers of the grand jury? It's an it's an interesting question. Um, they do have the power to subpoena documents. Um, they have the power to subpoena people to come in and be interviewed. If the district attorney or the uh, attorney general is presenting information, they have the power to return an indictment. The standing grand jury, their power is mainly the power of publicity. So they, uh, after they do their investigations, review the documents, talk to the people that they need to talk to, they will uh, generate a report that comes to me 
um, as or, or whoever the presiding judge is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the presiding judge will read that, and that gets filed on the court's website. And the agency that the grand jury is looking into is required to respond to um, the uh, the findings of the grand jury. So that could be... Uh a city agency or a county agency or a special district agency, a water district, for instance. That's right. And I saw in some of the statutes they can even go uh, visit the prison and examine how the prison's being operated, even though that's a state agency. That's right. Um, One of of their explicit jobs is to look into the detention facilities in the county, both the jail and um, if there's a state prison in the county to investigate uh, the conditions there as well. Now, do they have uh, the authority to investigate um, non-profit organizations? The many, many times our uh, county or our local governments are uh, disseminating some of their functions to non-profit organizations. I don't know that. I'd have to go back to the statutes to look at okay. that. My understanding is that, uh, you know, that they're scope of authority is looking into local government local, local government okay okay the uh, one of the things I did notice is that um, and I think this is the grand jury we usually call this ordinary grand juries uh, the press refers to it as the civil grand jury because of all of the reports they issue sure. uh, but uh, one of the statutes I noticed had the uh, gave them the authority to consider removing a public officer uh, if they think that there is corruption or bribery. Um, I think the old-fashioned word for that in Latin was quo warranto. I don't think they've ever exercised that kind of power here, but uh, if that were something that uh, came up, how would... uh, how would that generally be conducted by the grand jury? Would it be any different than their other investigations? Um, I don't know the, the answer to that, actually. You're okay. quizzing me on the statutes now. <laughs> um, it, that, is, that is something that's very rare. Um, yes. But they do have the, the power to investigate uh, local cor- uh, government officials yeah. and corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, in looking into that, if they make a determination that some sort of corruption is going on, I think that they turn that over to the district attorney, and then the district attorney can decide what to do with it. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised as I was going through the authorizing statutes in the penal code to find that. And uh, what uh, I guess is also of interest is. Have you ever observed any organized efforts to have groups uh, gin up membership to all apply to the grand jury? And and if you have, uh, have the judges noticed that and tried to mitigate that? I, I haven't seen that happen, although we are on the lookout for people who are bringing an agenda uh, to the grand jury. So we we don't want folks uh, to be motivated to be part of the grand jury because they have an issue that they want to crusade, crusade for. Right. That's, that's just not what the grand jury is all about. And so 
in our interviews um, with the applicants, we will ask them, why, why are you here? What are the things that you're interested in? What, uh, you know, why do you want to give your time this way? And, um, and so generally the folks that, that we talk to, they're motivated just by a sense of civic pride and civic duty and they have the time and they, they, they're curious and they, they want to make sure that their local government is working well. Okay. Um, now, what, what kind of time commitment do they have to make to be a member of the grand jury? Uh, that's, you're talking about volunteering time. I did see they get paid $15 a day. $15 a meeting, <laughs> correct. And they get parking, too, I think. Um, but, but uh, what, you know, what are they, we talking one day a week? Are we talking uh, four days a week? What, what's their usual schedule? There's, there's a grand jury house, so there's a facility where they gather to meet, mm-hmm. and um, there are usually two meetings a week, but then outside of those meetings where the entire grand jury gets together, there's subcommittees and there are people who are given tasks to do in terms of the investigations. And so we tell people that um, it could be up to 20 hours a week, which is, you know, uh, people are signing up for a half-time job for a year, which is a big ask. Wow. That, uh, that is a commitment. And uh, you have to honor the people who make that commitment. Absolutely. Now, the... Uh, you said that there's committees. Uh, um, years ago, I got invited to go to the grand jury to talk about Port San Luis Harbor District, um, which I had been a commissioner on many, many years before. And uh, I was president of the Lighthouse Keepers, but they were investigating the Harbor District for something. I don't remember what it was. Um, that was an invitation to go. Right, um, and I think most people would respond to an invitation. Uh, I guess the question is, if there's a subpoena issued, uh, is um, or an invitation, do those get generated out of the committees, or do those have to come from the foreman, or go through the district attorney's office or the judge? They they don't have to go through the district attorney's office or the judge. So um, they they. Uh, Oh, I guess we're coming up on a hard break. We're going to come back to this discussion. Stay tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law and Judge Van Ruyen. <laughs> 